Good morning. Good morning, Coffee Moaners um, podcast listeners. Hello. Do you a, if you want to have a look at us, you won't believe it. We've still got our Christmas tree up. Um, yeah, so you can go to YouTube and watch us if you want. It's a provocation. And it seems to work. It's bizarre, isn't it? That a Christmas tree still being up causes such... It's funny, isn't argy it? Argy-bargy. Argy-bargy. <laughs> Don't you love that phrase? <laughs> argy-bargy. It is. Has there been a bit of argy-bargy again? That's what my nan used to say. Have you been in some argy-bargy? Where does argy-bargy come from? I don't know. It's probably wrong. Isn't it? It's probably got some derivation. It's probably got some dreadful. It's probably, I don't know. I have to say, I'm falling a bit in love with myself this morning. Falling in love with yourself? Yeah. You know why? Because I've got all my makeup on. Oh, I see. Look, look what a good makeup artist Just can be, do, right? Yeah. I have now got a brow, because usually my eyes are like this, right? Uh, you would you would think I've had something done. That is Brilliant eye makeup. Well, I have to say, I like... I'm going to use a word. Okay. Smoky. Smoky Is it smoky? I don't think I have ever sat in a makeup room in any TV studio, film studio, anything, without without a guest coming in and saying, could I just have a smoky eye? Everybody wants a smoky eye. I once said it, and someone tried to ignite my eye with a fucking um, cigarette lighter. (laughs) We have to get... One of my friends is makeup artist to show to do on YouTube here how to do a smoky eye. Fuck smoky. How eye. to do an eye lift with makeup? Just stop swearing. You've much. got you've got that smoky aroma to your eyes and about you that looks like you've had kind of a sort of productive night. Well, we did. We went first of all. We went to a premiere of a. a oh my god! It, well, what an incredible night last night. Now you know all me. All of us strangers. You know me, we we hate red carpet events and I never want to go to them. And um, yesterday was amazing because it was a beautiful film. It was just the whole thing was done so lovely. We had a really nice evening. We'll be reviewing it later. But it was a very strange red carpet for me because... And this is the real honest truth. Mark will vouch for me. He's known me for 20 years. This is not me going, oh, I hate red carpets. Don't no, no, I no, hate no. red carpets. No, she, she's not one of those. Uh, let, let me just, hang on. I, let me vouch. Yeah. This isn't one of those pseudo celeb <laughs> kind of, I hate red carpets, but I, really I, I, they I love, it. love them. This isn't also a sort of feigned kind of pretend counterintuitive non-egotistical a oh, stab, stab at being a sort of celeb who's a bit different to other celebs and is therefore somehow better not at all there is no judgment here no. you about anyone Listen, else who likes it i absolutely love um people that can do the red carpet and it is a sight to it's see it's a skill it's a skill it's something you can either do or you can't i found, and, I, I found once that i can and in the movie business and in the tv it's part of business you know so it's just like it's if somebody important. went to a work dinner or something some people love them other people don't so i'm the Absolutely. person that even if i've been made up tarted up to look you know look, to look really lovely in my core, I am like, oh, my God, I hate it, right? So I'm always like, get to the end of the red carpet as fast as you can. But and, just, yesterday... and, just, and also, just quickly, to, just to jump in, because I'm loving this, uh, to qualify that, people would sit there and go, Come on, what can the traumas be? There are all sorts of traumas that can happen. I mean, just check out the Rocketman premiere. When I fell flat on my face. Fell flat, flat on my face. face, yeah, trauma one. On the one. blue carpet, the Elton John film. And Mark Strong was directly behind us 
very dignified. He said nothing. He's so tall. I was on my knee. Lots of people were there. She was on her knees Basically. in front of Mark Strong. Oh, it was so embarrassing, so embarrassing. So I that, hadn't even had a drink. That's trauma one. Like... Trauma two is being moved or shunted at the point that you pose for something. Trauma three happened to Madonna. I've shared it before when we were in a press pen and she'd said something or done something with the press and been late probably. And as she arrived, all the photographers put their cameras down. I've never seen no, someone more No, but thrown. the reason for that was she'd, she'd complained a lot about paparazzi. Right. So when she came to the red carpet, they put their cameras down. They literally, but I was there they for it. didn't take a single It was photo an astonishing silence. I've never yeah. seen someone look more thrown. So it's part it's part of the business if you're in the business, you know, it's photographed. But, but I mean, I don't go in, I don't go to them very rarely because I don't need to because I don't have that sort of business. But <clears throat> um, yesterday... I was really, really upset in the morning. Faith, was... well, the horrible reaction that the popcorn junkies. We do get invited to all sorts of previews and screenings and all sorts of things like that. But yes, it's a good question that Faith's asking. Will this stop the popcorn junkies being invited to premieres? Which I think is part of our your well, debate. It was a risk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, so yesterday morning I woke up and um, I had a phone call from somebody that upset me so much about the way that they had been treated, read the Palestinian uh, situation. Can you close that? Thing? That's really nice. Yeah, yeah, of thing. And Mark came in and I was just, I was just pacing with like, and also all this new stuff that I've been finding out about, no antenatal care for any women in Gaza who are pregnant. So it's absolutely terrifying in a whole other ways if they haven't got enough terror. And so I was just beside myself and I was wanting to, rant and rave and I was saying I want to do this I want to do that and he said like you know and then I stopped myself because I have to remember that not everybody's engaged and and a lot of people don't care because they don't even know what's going out there going on out there and for me to just do like some rants you know what to what does that do so like just calmed myself down and thought what can we do to just like start a wider conversation? Because quite rightly, if you, I mean, my father is Arabic, so I have a connection. Our children are part Arabic, so we have a connection. But if you have no connection and you're not looking for what's really going on and you're only looking at the mainstream media, which are not touching with a barge pole the actual horror of what is going on, thank God for South Africa. Thank God for you. So um, so then Mark said, okay, well, listen, why we're going to the red, we're going to the premiere today. Why don't you do something? Say something there, you know, because usually you do interviews and stuff. So then we would we came up with the idea that we'd just do this, just really peaceful ceasefire. So um so that you know that would get you would get photographed. So it was a very strange situation for me because I usually try and get to the red end of the red carpet as quickly as I can because I don't want to stand still and have a photo. I was shaking yesterday. I was so scared about going on the red. I can't tell you because I just was like, it meant so much to me, and yet was such a tiny thing. If you know what I mean, it was just so tiny. And, you know, we thought over and over again, what are the words? What are the this? What are the that? And, you know, the simplest thing is, what does that say? Can we just stop? Can we just stop? So many thousands upon thousands are now dead. The children that are living in terror, the children not left with one single member of their family, the hospital situation, which I'm sure many of you know, is dire. 
you know, women not getting the anti all of these things. And I, and I just tried to put it into this, please. I didn't say a word, just to that. But what I was saying was, is there any way, please, I'm terribly sorry to ask this. I'm really, really sorry, but is there any way we can reach into our hearts globally and just say, could we stop? And I just so wanted to get a photograph of that. And I wanted that to get into the papers, which I have never done that, that in my life before. So it was really weird. And then, of course, it did make, become a headline. Well, not of course, actually, I was really worried that it, it wouldn't at all. And I'd have stood there feeling like an absolute, I don't know what, target for nothing. But then it, then it was. And I said to Mark, I feel so stupid that I can continue to be shocked that a humanitarian request that could we possibly just stop this madness? How many billions, even if you don't care about the humans, how many billions of your pounds and dollars and euros are being spent on this? And how many billions is it going to cost to clear it up? Even if you don't think about the people, the human beings, what about thinking about that? And the headline said, what did it say? It's good. The headline says, Nasrallah makes Israel Hamas political statement. Right? What are they trying to say when they say that subliminally? What are they saying? Because obviously if they say it directly, then they can be sued. But what they are trying to say to people there is, what? Do you want me to yeah. posit? Tell us what do you think that they are trying to say? Okay, well, I think what they're trying to say is you're a terrorist. There you go. <laughs> or there you go. Or you're a hate marcher. That is the manipulation of, of that headline. And it is disgusting. It's disgusting that they then go on to chit-chat, chit-chat, chit-chat. You know, it, nothing. I mean, I couldn't actually read it, but it, it's like my daughter said, absolutely nothing said about the actual plight of the Palestinians. Nothing. So, yeah. So, that yeah. is our That is our media. And then yesterday on the news, we have managed to obtain a video of the IDF. Um, shooting at Palestinians holding the white flag. What? Are you really just telling us this now? We are in the International Court of Justice. South Africa have brought a case of genocide because there is an overwhelming amount of evidence that they could bring to the court, of videos of the most brutal, graphic kind, day after day, 108 Days, 108 days of it. And now they say, we have managed to obtain a video. This thing about fake videos, though it's very important that we all know about it, but it is also being used by media outlets across the world to make us all think that anything we see that they haven't agreed with, it hasn't gone through their filter, is fake. I feel like I'm going mad. No, you are. No, no. I, I just want to. I just want to clarify something because I think it's a really important point that you make, Erin Bullimar. Uh, I think the and this this is something that I would. What what I found with this crisis is that as soon as anyone 
calls for a ceasefire, suggests a ceasefire, the comeback is usually, what about the hostages? What about the, um, the you know, what about, uh, you know, how do we guarantee that Israel the is going to be safe? best thing for the hostages is a ceasefire. The only, time, the only time hostages were released was when the fighting paused. Okay, so it was a pause, wasn't it? So there's not a connection between continuing bombarding Gaza and resting the hostages. the hostages. That's not, just because it's, just because, oh, what's happened there? What's on there? Oh. So, so oh, what I would on, say that as a ceasefire is as important for the hostages. Imagine you have a hostage, one of your family is being held hostage in there, and yet they're being relentlessly bombed. I mean, people in Israel are asking for this to stop because they want their hostages back alive. Three of them tried to get out, and the IDF shot them whilst they were holding white flags. Yeah, look, look, this, that's the point. I think, and, the, and I think the thing that you're talking about is really important. You know, Sean King has been removed from Instagram for showing footage. Lots of, lots of free Palestine. Lots of content from embedded within Palestine that can only be be got by people who, good, good God, how weird, have a vested interest in a free Palestine perspective. Uh, the only people who are getting footage out of there is being removed, 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 removed. And the point here is, is that you're absolutely right. It sticks in the craw and in the stomach that the only time that ITV viewers say, or BBC viewers or whatever, whatever the viewers of mainstream media, the only moment that it's actually real is if a mainstream media journalist films it and reports it. How have we got to this situation? Because what that is telling us quite clearly is, unless the mainstream media film it, Deem which it. Can't, and they can't get in there to film it. So that's because why is Israel so has disallowed any journalists to be in there. Yeah. So somebody that I've been following, 24-year-old man who finally got evac evacuated yesterday, who was a photographer, he has now been, he's one of the top 10 photographs for Time magazine. He's got like 20 million viewers now. He has been living in absolute hell, videoing and recording everything. And yet none of that has been valid to be shown on mainstream media. He's top 10 photographs in Time magazine. Natasha, none of you care about the hostages, to be fair. What did I just say? What did I just say, said. Natasha? Listen to what I just said. I said the very best thing for the hostages is that there's a ceasefire because bless them. How terrifying. They're in a situation where the bombing is relentless. The poor families. If my family was in there, I would be calling for a ceasefire now because they are in mortal danger. I think you know that, Natasha. And you know that. I think you know Natasha. that. You've said we've, we've had the same dialogue we so many times. We know this now. Come yeah, on. We've said the same thing. Oh, come so many times. on. I'm for human beings. That's what I'm for. You know, please, nobody make out that this is anything other than we are speaking up for a horrific situation for so many, right? Even the young IDF uh, Israeli soldiers that are conscripted from 18, they have to go in. I think that's a horrible thing at 18. 
If I was the mother of an Israeli soldier, I would be heartbroken to wave my son off at 18. If I was an Israeli uh, citizen, I would be saying to Benjamin Netanyahu, I would be saying two things. What Hamas did is awful. The killing of anyone on each side is totally reprehensible. I would be saying to Netanyahu, you are now, of all the things that are happening now, we're not talking about what happened on October the 7th. We're not talking about the continuation of what's happening to the hostages. Let's talk about what's happening now in terms of saving the hostages the vast majority of people on the planet, bar, as the Daily Mail likes to remind us, Rishi Sunak and Biden, okay, well, they're going, aren't they, soon? Because they're a pair of absolute morons, to be brutally honest. What's that saying? Um, and at the end of the day, I think, sorry, what was I saying? Um, the absolute solution to this is... Well, yeah, I is, is asking Netanyahu. for Netanyahu, get Netanyahu out. Even the former Prime Minister of Israel is saying, get Netanyahu out. Very interesting article so from the people. former p- p- uh, Prime Minister. Do you have it here, Mark? Yeah. Um, uh, Barak. Well, no, what's his name? Barak. Uh, no, I, uh, uh, I think I have it here. I do have it somewhere. But anyway, you know... This is not, you know, he's gone, as Sandy says, he's gone power crazy. The one thing that's happening now is you are completely radicalizing an orphan population, essentially. And that orphan population so is going to feel, you know, how, how can this simple, simple psychological connection not happen? My feeling on what the profound overall solution was, and I was talking to Nedra about this on, on, over there Nathan earlier today. Who knows he won't be alive. He'll, well, he'll be gone by well, then once those children have how grown do, up. How do the Israelis deal with the historical fact that Netanyahu supported Hamas in the past? How do we, how do we square that one? Look it up. Read about it. Talk. He, he, so here's the thing. Here's, I've got here's that the thing. Odd. The only thing, the only thing that would solve this, and in a sense, my advice, if I was coming in as a diplomat for both sides, I would say to Israel this: Go for the ceasefire. Negotiate a freedom for the hostages. Natasha, you're talking about the long-term problem. The only way Israel, I think, beyond the very rarefied people at the tops of various Western governments that are supporting them. Because in the, you know, again, this exceptionalism and imperialism and colonialism and Western dominance, it's only a few countries that are not voting for a ceasefire at the United Nations. We're totally yeah. ignoring the vast majority of, of every other world. country. This is imperialism writ large. So my advice would be, do it. Do the ceasefire. Call a ceasefire. And I would argue that you then put in place Something as long as a 50-year period of time where Gaza and Palestine is given total sovereignty and an international peacekeeping force doesn't control the border but manages the border. And then, yes, of course, there are checks that go on that are monitored by an international peacekeeping force, which which is constructed of two sides, Arab nations and Western nations, so that Israel and the Palestinians can uh, and Palestinians. Palestinians can feel that there is representation on both sides, and they are mixed and they work together. Not the IDF, and not Hamas. And so, the, I... and, and hang on, mm. and so they monitor that for fifty years. And then, what I would say actually to Israel at that point, and Palestine, and Hamas, or whoever, is let's move through time and across time. There is a lessening of that once we see sovereignty being sort of flourishing within Palestine, because then the radicalization stands a chance of being diminished, removed, lessened, though it's nigh on impossible. Netanyahu's Mark talk, for the Net- diplomatic Net- service, Netanyahu please. is talking about 
what he's doing will guarantee safety for Israel for the next 50 years. Let me tell you something completely straight. What he's doing is guaranteeing a lack of safety and an anti-Israel stance around the globe. Not anti-Semitic, anti-Israel. Israel government. This is really, really it's a real problem for the PR of Israel. This is like when Americans who didn't vote for Trump were like, oh, you all think we support Trump, we don't support Trump. And then across, and here's the killer point, Natasha and anyone else. Here's the killer point in this diplomatic push with Israel. This is what I would then say. If in doing that, giving them sovereign control, having an international peacekeeping force, having a gradation of lessening that force across time as a reward, it's not controlling them, it's supervising. So they have sovereignty. They can build, they can develop, they can exploit their gas reserves. Palestine. Mm, that's right? the tricky, sticky yeah. bit. If you then lessen that control to maybe there'll always be some kind of kind of monitoring of an international peace force. If Hamas were to attack in that time, Israel, we don't talk about what the response would be, but Israel would be able to occupy the moral higher ground more clearly and more cleanly. And I think this is the problem here. I stop having arguments with people who say this crisis started on October the 7th. Of course it didn't. 75 years ago. You you can't talk to people who say that. You just can't. Can I just can I just quote um Mr. Barak? He was on LBC last night. He was the Prime Minister of Israel 1999 to 2001 and he said a serious discussion needs to happen about the two-state solution after the war. No one dares mention these words in Israel right now because the collective is still under the thumb of the 7th of October. This was on the Andrew Marr show last night. But it's clear to all other leaders except from Netanyahu that this is the deal. By avoiding it, he is making the situation worse. And um, he also says that if October the 7th had happened in the UK the Prime Minister would have had to have resigned the next day. Well, that's very interesting, isn't it? Because Netanyahu, and here you say once the war is finished, but Netanyahu yesterday, took he, he's not planning on finishing. He's just going to keep going, isn't he? And I wonder if attached to that is what is going to happen to me at the end of it. Could it be? Could it be? Could it be why that it serves him to keep this going and going and going? Meanwhile, Thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people are being killed, maimed, orphaned. And um, I think Natasha, I think Natasha, this is this is a tricky situation. No, because you're accusing everyone here of mocking you. No, 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 no. She's on, accusing. Natasha, no, 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 no. You're, ac- you're accusing everyone else in the in the in the in the chat. I don't want to have to do this, but you know, if you accuse people of things in the chat, either way, either way, you know, we're going to have to kind of. Do a timeout or something like that because you know it's getting too too hot. No one is saying that. We're you, trying to have Natasha, like a grown-up conversation. Yeah, come yeah. on, come on, come on. This is we love this community and we love to have different opinions, but we know that we are all trying to understand, and that is so important. You know, we always are trying to understand the the Israelis themselves, how hard this is for them, you know? But so many we Israelis also, you know. We are talking about the governments here that are serving themselves. And the Palestinians are some of the poorest people on the planet, right? Just take this one fact, 
Okay, imagine anybody here that's been pregnant. Okay, I'm just going to talk to people that have been pregnant. And you have zero antenatal care through your pregnancy. And then you have no idea where you're going to give birth. And then you know if you bleed, you're going to die. Is that enough? Because that's thousands, that's thousands of women. So we're taking out all the possibilities. You know, imagine that's the newborn baby that's going to be born. You know, can we then just crystallize that we are working in an emergency situation and as much for the hostages as well. I see it as an emergency situation. I always say, don't I, right from October the 7th, I've said, God, imagine if your chuck was just taken off. Like We've always mm. said that. Mm. I feel a state of panic for everybody living under this terror, mm. right? And so that's where, we, that's where we start and where we finish here from a humanitarian point of view. What is ha- what is happening here, and what what this story speaks to, and Nadia holding up her hands and saying ceasefire, it speaks to the fact that this culture we live in, the mainstream culture we live in, sadly, has entirely weaponized a word that I find the most unfathomable development. That you can turn the word ceasefire into something that is somehow suggestive of wanting violence or wanting something awful to happen to any group of people. When people, you know, in calling for a ceasefire, no one is suggesting that a ceasefire is the final step, i.e. call a ceasefire, then we all go back to normal and Israel gets attacked again. Absolutely not. Can we just stop killing innocent people and have a bloody decent discussion? A ceasefire has to be the starting point. You've got no idea how much of your money is being spent on this. A ceasefire has to be the starting point. And what I don't understand is, is that whenever it's suggested, there seems to be a question like, what about this? What about that? Look, we have made no secret of the fact, well, it's not even secret, culturally and socially and in terms of sort of in terms of media and everything else, there are, you know, there are very few people actually talking about it from just the Palestinian perspective, as in, you know, what is the way forward? We are, we've heard an awful lot, and we will, should continue to hear about the hostages, but it's a curious situation where so many Jewish people and Israeli people believe that a ceasefire is also the solution. So that doesn't seem to kind of go in step with, But also, you know, whenever I say there. anything for the Palestinians, I get so much hate. I get people demanding that I talk about... Uh, the Israeli situation. And yet, if I asked one of those people, just one of those people, to say something about the Palestinian situation, the dire situation that they're living in, well, I would be attacked all over again. Mm. And yet, me, as an Ar- a British Arab, I'm supposed to say it every single time I speak. Do you think that's fair? I don't. don't. So, so there we go. On. Yeah, we'll move on. Um, well, this is only going to get a whole heap worse if Donald Trump gets in. <laughs> God! Yes. No, can we have something a bit fun in between? Yeah, let's not talk about let's being conscripted to fight Russia. Let's not go let's talk about Let's talk about something completely at the opposite end of the spectrum. Let's talk about Barbie. 
Okay, right. so the Oscar nominations were announced yesterday. Uh, America Ferreira, she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Ryan Gosling, Best Supporting Actor. But one of the no, two of the notable exceptions were uh, Greta Gerwig wasn't nominated for Best Director, and um, uh, uh, what's her name, Margot Robbie wasn't nominated for Barbie. What do we think? Have they been snubbed? Is this symptomatic of us not having moved on in our feminist politics? What do you think, guys? It's a complete, it's a complete handbrake turn. It's a complete handbrake turn. So what do we think? Do we think that they've been done a disservice? Have they, have they been done a disservice? Okay, um, I'm going to put, actually put, um, no, no, we can't be sending hate. So we're going to have to put someone in timeout. I've put Hanny in timeout. Sorry, Hanny. We can't be encouraging anything like that, I'm afraid. Sorry. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for the people that are just continuing saying we're just having a discussion yeah. because we are. Yeah. This is the problem with the world. Mm. You know, people can't discuss anymore. So just stay, stay, stay. The one, the one thing I know, you know, we all know Natasha isn't, and I, I've just seen that comment come up too, which I've, I've put them, put you in time out, I'm afraid, Annie, sorry. Um, but uh, is I know, we know Natasha is not a genocide lover. That is not fair, accurate, or kind. So there we go. Yeah, you know, in discussion, look, I mean, absolutely, Natasha, you're saying you're getting, you're being, you're probably feeling a pressure in here because you know, as do we, that the, the, that we sit on slightly, well, slightly different sides of the historic political fence when it comes to where the emphasis should lie and does lie. But that, that was too much. I think probably I also that. as well, because people, you know, because, you know, if somebody says, Nobody's got any sympathy with the hostages. When in the mainstream media, we only hear about the hostages. I mean, you know, the day before yesterday, 21 IDF soldiers were, were killed, soldiers in the army, and it made the news right across the board. But I haven't seen anything about on the mainstream media about innocence, like non-military being killed. So... I think just generally people think that a lot is said on the mainstream media for that, for, for the Israeli army, for the hostages, and people want another space where, where the other side is discussed. So I think that's why people feel quite, you know, you know, feel, feel quite, and I, and I would also <laughs> say your, your point, you know, you don't want the host, no one wants the hostages forgotten, and no one has no. forgotten the hostages. It's I, such I a shame the Israeli army shot Three of them. Well, and also, it, it, seems, mean, it seems that the person let's never forget that one. But it seem, does seem that the person who's forgotten about the hostages almost the most is Netanyahu. Netanyahu, he doesn't. So, I tell you care. what, he, he does not care one bit. He doesn't even pretend to, really, does he? Let's face it, he doesn't. Mm. How could you carry on doing what you're doing if you, if you get about getting hostages? No, absolutely. Anyway, um, so I, I can see that the uh, the Margot Robbie is, is, is captivating no one. So, <laughs> so let, let, let's push on from that. It was a very heated exchange. Um, yeah, we were going to talk about the fact that the British public could be called up. I do think the whole issue of being called up for war, which I will touch upon briefly, because I think it's quite a strong... Do you remember when, when we went to war in, um, our, with uh, Argentina? The Falklands. The Falklands, yeah. And um, I, my boyfriend at the time, I was in the kitchen and I heard this scream because he always used to go out and get the newspaper and sit in the toilet, classic man. And it was all about that people were going to be called up. Mm. And it was so real. And I remember it being so scary. 
all of this chat, all of this chat at the moment in the press about prepare for war, did it, all of this, I've said it before, is about preparing for a Trump presidency. And it's not, yeah. that, it's not that Trump's going to attack us, but Trump has zero interest in propping up Europe or propping up us. Um, and he also has zero interest, really, let's be brutal, about NATO. Um, you know, it was it was actually him kind of threatening to leave and all that kind of stuff that meant that countries like Germany and other countries in Europe had to up the ante. And I think, yes, we live in a more fragile world. Yes, the doomsday clock has um, yes, the doomsday clock has sort of stayed at the same ninety seconds to midnight. I was quite surprised by that. I thought I, it was going to get. Quite about that. I, yeah, I, was, I thought we were going to be closer to to midnight doomsday Can I just midnight. Say something though. Do you think the fact that we have so many old men in power? like Netanyahu, like Biden, like Trump, they just don't care about the future because they're not going to be here. What they care about is their legacy. So they want to do something massive so that their name is known Mm. and they don't care. Whereas if you had people that were younger that could, you had young children and grandchildren to come, I think we've got to shift this old guy's business because Mm. it's not like they're smarter kinder better informed i mean trump is a complete nincompoop well okay well he he begs to differ which i think is a great moment to play this in you know i don't know if you saw but a few months ago i took a cognitive test my doctor gave me i said give me a cognitive test just so we can you know because you know what the standards were and i aced it i also took one when i was in but I also took one when I was in the White House. No, I'll let you know when I go bad. I really think I'll be able to tell you because someday we go bad, like Haley. She talks about, yeah, we don't need 80-year-old. Well, I don't mind being 80, but I'm 77. That's a big difference. <laughs> so this is, of course, Nikki Haley. He's won the New Hampshire uh, primary, um, which is big much bigger news than Is even it? him winning it. Yeah, because I don't understand well, anything. because because as you we were talking, I think Reese, you were mentioning, you know, in New Hampshire, it's independent Republican. You know, Iowa was very right leaning. It was very sort of you know Republican strongholdy kind of you know Republicans. Whereas New Hampshire, you were going to get more of the kind of floating voter types and all that kind of stuff. And he beat Nikki Haley. Is it Nikki Haley? Yeah, he beat her by I think twelve percent or something, which is big because I think even if he was behind her or she'd beaten him, it, he'd have still been in a chance to, to absolutely trounce it. So it really speaks to the fact that he's really in a in a controlling position. And the reason that connects up with things like oh, suddenly everyone in the UK is going to have to sign up to the army for. Uh, you know, conscription. Not not half. No, 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 no. But this <laughs> this is a story that's running yeah. around at the moment, saying the British public yeah. will be called up to fight in the event of a war with Russia because our military is too small. Uh, the head of the army. Can you imagine warm. a load of people like unfit, like teenagers? Yeah. And like, well, what's that going to do for us? Well, we're going to have to stop vaping for sure. <laughs> you know, and you know, I mean, yeah, you have to stop vaping and smoking spliff in, in order. But no. But the, th- the more serious thing about this is I think they'll have a real problem here because the younger generations, you know, think, you know, global issues like things like the Israel Gaza, you know, like it or not, like it or not, younger people see the unfairness in and the and the inequality and the discrepancy in the application of international law. This is why young people are upset and furious and are behind the Palestinian cause, because what they see on the global stage is exceptionalism and one set of rules for one and not for the other. And actually what we're seeing is very sad for our youngsters, youngsters, younger generations, because what they're seeing, they're having the wall pulled from before their eyes as to, oh, there isn't a moral certainty in the world. 
that Absolutely with us, not. We're the, we're the, we've sold this narrative that we hold the kind of beacon moral of... Moral high ground. And what they're beginning to realise is not only we don't, we, we so profoundly don't. And I think the governments in America and here at the moment really need to think about this because also engagement with political answers is zero. It's this zero is why... amongst youngsters. And so yeah. finally, on the conscription, this isn't going to be about conscientious objectors. I think we've got a whole generation coming through thinking the concept of nationalism is defunct. And, and this pointless. is why, this is why, um, you know, newspapers like, like the uh, Mail and others are desperately trying all the time to make woke being awake as a dirty word because they don't want people to be awake. Mm. They don't want people, they want everybody thinking that we are sat here with all our privilege. We are the very best of everything. And that what we say and the way we live is the right way. Mm. <laughs> and all that side of the world is the wrong way. And of course, young people have become very awake to that, mm. you know, that globalization works in many different ways. So mm. it's a scary time for the old has beens. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So there we go. The, that, old, that co- was a, the old codgers. That was a heated debate. And, uh, you know, I think poor old Margot Robbie and. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Greta Gerwig, you know. No one getting, gets a slight bit. No, no, no one getting nominated there, you know, exactly. Guys. Um, but but we did watch a fabulous film yesterday, despite the red carpet situation, and um, we're going to be reviewing it. And so that we will be putting that up on the channel later. And also our podcast, Agony Aunt and Uncle, is going out today too. So, my God, you've got loads of content today. And if you're new to the channel, please subscribe. Hit the notification bell. We are here every morning for Coffee Moaning, and then we have a whole lot of other stuff going on. So don't miss yeah. out. Oh, is, sorry. Is Marion Will- Williamson. Saw Marion Williamson yesterday. She was great on the stand. Would love to see her up against... Oh, yeah, sorry, the other candidate. Sorry. Okay, guys, absolutely. Have a lovely day. And as, as Nadia says, all sorts of content.